0: We're back here at the web boxing 101 i do apologize man just a bad internet connection that just shit happens you know what i mean uh we're here with a professional ring announcer uh i can i say the legendary you're gonna be the legend lupe lupe Contreras I'll from his home i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> lupe Contreras from his home in houston texas and before we go any further the videos and my graphics uh is from my good friend rafa rafa digo rafa from Curitiba, Brazil. You know that I go out there twice, try to get out there twice a year to visit my friends in Curitiba, São Paulo, uh, Santa Catarina, uh, Lages, uh, just great people in uh, uh, the great uh, South America over there in Brazil. Beautiful land, beautiful people. So I just want to give a shout out to all my graphics, my banners uh, come from over there. So we're also with Herman, the hitman, uh, former professional fighter, uh, Herman Delgado, welcome to the show once again, Herman.
1: Back at it, tree.
0: You got it. Thank you so much, man. So we're all from the Lone Star State of Texas, where it's hotter than it's very hot. It's been 105 in El Paso, and I'm pretty sure, Lupe, it's very hot in Houston. and muggy.
2: Yeah, it's been 98 degrees and sweaty. At least you guys have a dry heat, as they say. That yeah, we don't, we you're don't
0: right. And, hey, Lupe, you know what? Let me tell you something that's pretty cool, man. You know that guy up there, Herman Delgado? He was on the sure. honor guard of the on the honor guard in I don't know what year Herman's going to explain, and you were the ring announcer. How long was that, Herman? And you got uh, a picture, and it's looping here in El Paso.
1: It was I think 2004, man. And I was with a U.S. What, Navy it, Color Guard, it, UTEP. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. At the Don Haskins oh, wow. Center. Yeah. I need I need to get a
2: look at that picture. That was a that was a few gray hairs ago.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, uh, you, look, maybe, you look the you same. <laughs> Well, I must—I must have been a very uh, broke down thirty-four-year-old then at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe you can send it to him, Herman. Yeah, I, I sure will. I'll.
1: I'll you get you don't have memory. it right
0: there on your phone? Put it on this on the, on the camera. Maybe you can
1: see it. No, I don't have it on. On a, I have it in my files. Hey, hey, Lupe, so
0: you, uh Do you frequently? I mean, do you come to El Paso? Just, I mean, for anything or just how many times you've been to El Paso?
2: Uh, I've been there quite a few times. I would say somewhere between 15 and 20 times, I would imagine. Was we, it just for boxing? shows there in El Paso. Yeah, for boxing. I've done a couple of MMA shows there as well. But uh, it used to be, we used to do a series called the Texas Title Belt. And uh, El Paso Las Cruces was a, was a frequent stop there on the tour.
1: Yeah, that's the wow. one that, I think that's the one.
0: How old are you, Herman? You look pretty young. I in this a- picture.
1: Oh no! I wasn't that young. Two thousand four. I was uh forty years old. You're man. You're young. We were in the same boat, Herman. We were in the same boat. Yeah, I, I found the picture, but I again I can't bring it up on to display it. But that was two
2: thousand
1: four. Two thousand. Yeah, let's get a look at it. Yeah.
0: There, I mean, and, and you know what? I mean, there's a lot of history here. Like you know, El Paso has a lot of history, Lube. You know. Texas Western 1966, so I guess we're proud of our city too, man. When when people like you, Lupe, come in town, you know, speaking of people and celebrities coming in town, it's Fight Week in Paso. Lupe. It's the Jaime Mungia fight, and I thought this fight was never going to happen.
2: Yeah, you know, Opasso has always been a great fight town. I think one of the greatest injustices in boxing was when uh, you guys were supposed to have Castillo Corrales III there yep. in El Paso, and and it died on the, on the scales. It it never happened. Yep, uh, never happened. The show was almost either was sold out or close to being sold out. It was sold and, out, uh, and and it just never came to be. So yeah, you guys have always been tremendous. Um, whether it be from from El Paso or whether it be you know Juarez, you always have so many great fighters that uh, that always put up a great show. Uh yeah, you Roman, know, you, know, you know one of the one of the legends from Juarez. Who we'll put on some great yeah. shows there in El Paso?
0: Yeah, and you know what? We just talked to Tony Weeks on the podcast. Those are our last guests, or oh, two two guests ago, and we talked about the. You know, Tony Weeks. You know, we had to tell him about the Chico Corales right Castillo fight uh, when he stopped the fight. It what a fight! And you know, man, it, it was great talking to Tony Weeks about that great fight. And we talked about that and fell on the scales here in El Paso. But and then, of course. Uh, Diego Corrales uh, passed, you know, and that was unfortunate
2: uh, to see him go. Yeah, it's still, it's still, in my opinion, the greatest fight I've ever seen. Me
0: too. You know, despite, you know, him spitting the mouthpiece, and we talked about that, and Tony said, you know what, it was a blur when he went ahead and stopped the fight. People say that it was too early, but then people say it was not. And I guess Tony Reese, he said it right. Hey, I'm here to protect the fighter. Number one job, nothing else. Right, Herman? That's Right. And, and he Lupe. did a he did a hell of a job. He did a hell of a job, man. Um, uh, Lupe. So, uh, man, you've been to whenever you come to El Paso, Lupe. Please visit us, man.
2: All right, I'll please visit. Do that.
0: Please, man. Warriors Edge Boxing. Um, have you have you uh, have you had Chico Tacos here?
2: Did uh, <laughs> that?
0: Chico Tacos. You been to Chico Tacos here?
2: I have not had Chico's tacos. I I try to avoid tacos because it tends to make the tuxedos very tight on the very next day. Um, so you know, and it can it can get kind of expensive switching wardrobes or going to the tailor. So I try to avoid the tacos every, but uh, but I'm sure I, I on one of these cheat days I'll try and stop by and have one. Yeah. All
0: right. So you're 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 a you're a gym rat. Yes.
2: I I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a gym rat. I just try. I just know that there's certain foods that. Uh, that have a tendency to uh, you know, you know, being Mexican, I have that that mariachi gene in me, and if you've seen mariachis, there's no such thing as a skinny mariachi. You know, <laughs> they're all a little bit on the chunky side. So I I know my weaknesses, and I try to stay away from them. Wow, well, that's, well, so, can, go
1: ahead. that's why there's not many. That's why there's not many heavyweight boxers who either that's fight true. or <laughs> wear mariachis.
2: Well, one of those, are the only two options. One of the, one of the two. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we saw Andy Reason. He, he had a mariachi body.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he did pretty well for himself. Good old Andy. He,
0: he did, man, he did. Hey, Lupus. So, uh, were you a boxing fan growing up?
2: I was. You know, like everybody else, it was it was something that it's part of the culture. Uh, you know, being being Mexican, being Latino, it's you know, fighting is one of the things we just happen to do well. Uh, I think all of yeah. us as kids. I, I always joke around that, that every, every Mexican kid has an amateur boxing record and it usually took place at somebody's piñata where you put on some boxing gloves and, and we just kind of go at it there for, for a couple of rounds and um, you had a little bit of experience. But yeah, growing up, I would watch it quite a bit. I, I didn't become a, a huge boxing fan up until I was probably in my, in my late teenage years. There was a series called USA Tuesday Night Fights, which would air on, on the USA Network. And that was the one where I really, really became a fan. It it brought guys up like uh, you know uh, Vargas, uh, Roy Jones Jr. made a name for himself on there. Riddick Bo. some many great names came through there. And that was really the series where I really got a a, a knowledge of the sport and and uh, and a great love for it as well. Is that what got you going into the announcing scene? No, announcing really was was never a goal of mine. It was it was something that just kind of came by accident um i had begun i have a radio a radio background i did radio for about 10 years prior to uh to going into announcements yeah, i worked in tejano music you know did the whole you know selena la mafia bronco all that stuff and um and at the time i was also training at a muay thai gym and the trainer who was who was uh the head of the gym was putting on some fights and he asked me he said hey would you like to be the ring announcer and i said yeah you know i'll, I'll give it a shot so I did two shows for him, and then at one of those shows, they happened to take a picture of me in the ring. Uh, and then one day I stumbled upon a, a contest that Univision was having, which was called La Voz del Box, or The Voice of Boxing. And uh, they said, if you want to be the next voice of boxing, check out this show, send in your info. So I did that, and that picture they took of me in the ring was the picture I sent in, and I was fortunate enough to, to win the contest. I thought it would be a, a matter of... You know, they were going to give me a videotape and a t-shirt and a commemorative picture and say, hey, hope you had a good time. We'll see you. But um, it just kind of snowballed from there. I started working with top Rank, and uh, opportunities started to arise. Uh, there was one case where, where I think Michael Buffer couldn't do a show. So they said, hey, you're the next guy up. Give it a shot. You know, of wow. course, you're terrified, but but it's not a it's not a uh, a profession where you say no. When they give you a shot, you take it. It's a lot like I always, I've always compared it to to being like a backup quarterback on a on a football team. You never know when, when the quarterback's gonna get hurt. You may be holding the clipboard, but the next play put on your helmet, you warm up and you're in the game. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Hey Lupe, uh, but I mean I just can't I'm sorry, Herman. I, I just can't imagine go ahead. I can, I can, I, ahead. can honest, I can honestly say that you got Lupe Contreras, you got Michael Buffer, and then you got uh Lennon on the other end. So there's three top that I would say the top three right now. I appreciate that. Absolutely, hell yeah, it's good. It's good, I mean,
2: whenever, good company to be in.
0: Hell yeah! I mean, so Lou, I was going to say that. Yeah, you're like the backup quarterback. But I mean, I mean, you're saying earlier in your career you had to fill shoes for Michael Buffer. How how was that like? I mean, I mean, how nerve wracking was that? I mean, because it's normal to have stage fright.
2: Um. Yeah. No. It, it, it is very normal. It's it's one of those situations where you know like I said you go from from being on the sidelines and and before you know it you're you're playing in the Super Bowl pretty much um and it's a situation where you have to calm your nerves you have to uh, take control of the situation that's one of the most important things when you're in the ring you know obviously as most everyone the, the ring announcer is not the star but you're you know the the fight and the fighters they're the stake. you're just kind of the sizzle that you like to add to the the flavor of of what's going on but um you know for you're on the air for maybe 30 40 seconds but it's it's your time to shine it's your time to to make the most of it so um so early on it, it it's a process it's a it's a development i'll see some some videos of myself from 20 years ago and it's embarrassing to see you know you can see yourself you're stiff you're a little bit nervous you're not as confident as as you are now but it's it's an evolution it's a, it's something that uh, that grows with you 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 learn to revel in that moment you learn to revel in being in the center of the ring in, in big fights and um and just make it make it your moment and make it your own.
0: I mean, I and I I did a little bit of ring announcing, Lupe. Not to your, you know, but I did some I did some fights here in El Paso too. And I remember the first time I did it, it was at the Don Haskins Center, uh, and it was the David Rodriguez, and even on the undercard was Hector Camacho Jr. You know, it was, it was not as big of a big a fight it was it was pretty big for me. But they told me if I wanted to do it, and and I did it, and you know what, Lupe. It was not. It, it was fun, but it was not fun. I kept moving, and the camera guy told oh, okay. me you cannot move as a ring announcer. So you see, <laughs> but when you move, that's a nervous twitch. I I was just. I mean, you thought like, you were. So we, we all we all have were
2: our little know, nervous twitches. You thought you I mean,
1: were
2: Johnny we all Canales. Have our go-tos. Johnny Canales, get <laughs> away!
1: I, take it away, man! <laughs> so it was nervous. To nervous
2: see nervous like we 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 do certain things that that you know. That you do subconsciously, uh, you know. Sometimes you rock side to side, but yeah, it is very important You do have to stay in one spot. Uh, yeah, and I, I think and a lot I... of people, when they're when they're when they're first starting starting out, they they forget that there's an audience, and uh, you have to think of it as theater as well. You know, if you're an actor, you can't be sitting there looking at your script. You have to be looking and addressing the audience. You got to address the camera. Um, and I think that's one of the the mistakes that people make when they're they're reading right off of their cards and there's a camera on them and, and you can't do that. You know, it's not radio, you have to focus on what's going on and be part of the performance.
0: Yeah, it's a performance, man, and it's nerve-wracking.
2: So you do you it do a many different Well, I mean, like I said, it's a process. We've all gone through those moments and, and it's it's a development. You develop a, a style, you develop, you know, certain words that you use. Uh, and and it's like everything else when you first start out you're shaky and, and the more you get to do it the more the more uh refined you get as as the years go along
1: i mean well, i think the the tough part ahead. is that you do it in english and spanish that's pretty amazing because i hear Not you saying does do that. exactly so you know, well it's, it's one of those damn.
2: it's one of those talents that, that you don't realize you have you know um i think you know growing up in el paso you know, you grew up in, in multi-generational households where you're talking to grandma in Spanish and you switch over and you talk to your brother in English, <laughs> you go back, talk to grandma and it's a yeah. skill you have. And most of us, most of us have it, uh, but we just don't realize it's a skill until until it's uh, it's requested of you. Uh, I was I was joking with a friend of mine the other day where we were talking about uh, when, when everybody had no cell phone, when it was just the, the house phone. And, uh, and if you're calling a girl, you didn't know if you were going to talk to grandma, if you were going to talk to the brother. You didn't know if you were speaking English, if you were speaking Spanish. So you had to be on your game. You had to be ready. And, and as I said, those are skills that you developed along the way. And you don't appreciate them because everybody does them. And, and it's nothing special to you up until somebody perhaps points it out. But, uh, but it's a skill that a lot of us have. So, Lupe, where did you... I mean,
0: so then you have a call sign. I mean, every ring announcer has... Their catchphrase, the monic, whatever you want to call it. Where, where did you come up with yours? Which is "Averemos quién es el más macho."
2: Can you say it for us? Uh, veremos quién es el más macho. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was something that, that part of part of that contest that I entered in Miami. They wanted us to come up with something something similar to, to Michael Buffer's "Let's get ready to rumble," but they wanted it to have a, uh, a Latino flavor to it, since we were going to be on the Spanish television network. Um, and on the way there, I had absolutely nothing going for me and I was looking out the window and it just kind of came to mind, you know, it was something that, um, that kind of, you know, came into my head and I was like, I've got nothing else. I'm just going to go with this. And, uh, and I, you know, I I went with it and, uh, it worked for me. It worked a lot. It worked very well with the Spanish audience, especially being on, on Univision and, uh, and what's funny is, uh, you know, a lot of guys, they they don't know your name per se. But they'll see you know, the, like you're the, the most macho guy or you're, you know, the, the ring announcer guy who says Mas macho. So they, they associate the phrase before they even, you know, know your name, perhaps. So it's uh, it's been something that's worked out for me. I mean, and Lupa, you've also done
0: cards that are not even in the United States, correct? And you say Oh, yeah, that. we've I traveled
2: mean- a little we travel all yeah. over the world uh, you know we've uh, I've done shows in China I've done shows in Ireland uh, Peru Panama uh, and uh, and yeah they it's it's interesting to see what, what's really interesting is where where people from countries you've never been to they've seen shows there you know the way the way boxing shows are set up they get they get packaged so many different ways where they'll they'll sell the video to Kazakhstan. And then someone in Kazakhstan will do the play-by-play, and you'll have someone from Kazakhstan, to Las Vegas, say, "Hey, I watch you on Channel Seven in Kazakhstan," and you're like, "Wow, I didn't even realize!" I didn't even realize we were in Kazakhstan. So it's always interesting so, I mean, to see to see those people who, who watch those shows.
0: Yeah, and then you're like you say, I bet, you know that phrase, the saying, is, re- is like recognized worldwide, right? Do they ever come and tell you what does that mean?
2: Uh yeah. A lot of people ask me, you know, Uh Most people associate the word macho with uh, with the uh, the Village People song, "Macho Man." You know, <laughs> those, or they or they think of uh, Hector Macho Camacho. Ca yeah, and they ask me what it means, and I say, you know what? It, it's just basically, you know, who you're a manly guy. You're who's who's the toughest guy in the ring. That's what it's about. You know, we're going to find out who's who's the real badass in in this ring. And uh, they're like, "Oh, okay. Now, now I get it." Uh, and like I said, it's it's a it's a tacky, coiny little thing, but but if people remember it, it works. So so, Lupe, um
0: what did you do when? So how did you spend? So is that all you do? You do ring announcer? Is that all you do, Lupe? Yeah, do
1: you have... Uh, I have I
2: have the, the luxury of being a, a full time you know ring announcer. Um, I have a pretty busy schedule. Uh, tomorrow I leave for Miami. I'll be doing the show there at Univision with uh, Combate Global. We we're supposed to have two shows. I was also supposed to be doing the the thriller event with Cambosis uh, and and Teofimo Lopez, but unfortunately that that was canceled. And yeah, I just I just got back from those mochis in the We had two events yeah. after we joined Jr. Uh, uh, and yeah, fortunately things are, are coming back to life. And the phone is ringing. And as a matter of fact, I've, I've been having to turn down shows as opposed to, to not having any shows like we did in the in the past uh, in the past few months. So I've been fortunate in that serious? regard. Yeah, I've been fortunate in that regard that uh, you know I'm well established. I have a good reputation working with many of these different promoters, and uh, and then these guys to work with, so it uh, it works out well.
0: That is awesome, man. So did you do a, did you when COVID hit? I mean, what did you do with your with your time? I mean, there was what are your hobbies? I mean, there was no boxing.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of like a lot of sitting in the in the hammock in the backyard and listening to podcasts and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hey, nice Netflix singing a lot of Netflix and chilling as they say. So, so what there else really wasn't a whole lot to do.
0: What else do you do besides ring announcing? What is what do you like outside of the boxing world? What what is it that you do? I'm, do you like car racing? Do you like other sports?
2: I'm pretty mellow and boring, man, to be to be honest with you. Um <laughs> uh, I enjoy exercising before I talk to you guys. I just went out on a run. Um I enjoy I'm really a homebody. I really enjoy being home. Uh, you know, you travel so much that when you get time to to spend it at home, you really you really cherish it. Um, and you know, when there's a day that you don't have to at the way end, or you don't have to catch an airplane, or you don't have to be at uh, this press conference or the other, just the, the monotony and and the slow boredom is actually pretty pretty pleasant. But I, I enjoy quiet things. I enjoy hanging out with friends every now and then. I still train in in Muay Thai, so um, I work out with uh, with friends. One of my good friends is uh, Raúl Marquez from uh, from Showtime, and he has a gym not too far from my house. So uh, I'll do the occasional sparring. Well, basically, wow. I'm, I'm a heavy bag that gets beat up, but uh, but uh, yeah, I enjoy. Yeah, doing where's Lupe well. coming over for the sparring? Yeah, exactly. I'm a I'm I'm the the heavy bag that talks smack at the same time. So, oh shit!
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I bet you you're the best talks. You're the one that talks the best smack because of your voice.
2: I'm I'm really good at talking smack. I can come up with some really good, interesting put downs while while we're sparring. So if if I can't hey, if I can if, if I can't hurt you with this, I'll hurt you with this. Yeah, right. how old are you, man? I'm fifty. I'm wow. fifty years old. Yeah, See, I know. I so every time I you're the youngster, like, tree. Wow. Oh man, you're the kid, I'm
0: going to be forty-seven this
1: Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, the the yeah. odometer's gone over on me already. So you know it's. The warranty ran out a long time ago. You have any kids, Lupin? I don't, man. I'm the the only guy in my family. I have. i never been married, and I don't have any kids. Right. So it's been a, a very a very tranquil life. That's why that's why I don't see anything broken in my house is because I have no kids. <laughs> so are you
0: are you just are you just are you a lifelong Houston? Or you've always been. In I was Houston? born.
2: I was born in Mexico. Actually, I was born in Lenosa Tamaulipas, which is right on the border with uh, like McAllen area but i've lived here the majority of my life and yeah it's always been it's always been home
0: that's cool man uh let me let's go let's go to the people that are uh anelo from pound for pound uh says what's up lupe i hope you're doing well uh anelo uh is a gym owner here in el paso he used to have the gym and he's back at it the pound for pound boxing gym here in el paso he wants to say hello to you there lupe
2: What's up, Lou? I am. I am doing well. Things are going. Things are getting going again. With uh, you know, once everything is opening up, and yeah, I'm doing fantastic. And, and thanks for the shout out.
0: And Mando the Monster Medina. Can I see the Monster Herman? Yeah, he's still. The oh yeah,
1: one. he goes by the Monster. He likes that.
0: He's a radio personality here in El, in El Paso, uh Another local celebrity. What's up, fellas? Saying uh, hello to us, and I'm glad he's he's listening to us. Um, back to the questions, there, Lupe. What has been your biggest event that you have covered uh the event that felt so real man do you remember i mean i know you have so many of them Has there has been one that that is kind of
2: out? i mean outshine the others that you've uh, announced um there's been quite a few there's uh, I think perhaps probably the one that stood out the most to me was i did the last two fights that uh that julio cesar chavez ever had uh i did one in l.a where he fought uh ivan robinson and I did the last one where he fought. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the uh, his his opponents uh, slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, he fought he fought in Phoenix as well. And, and as you mentioned, you know, growing up you, being a, a Mexican, you can't escape the Chavez fights. I mean, those were the fights that no. that uh, that the world it made stop, us all. basically. Yeah, everybody would stop and watch the pay-per-view in some fashion and, and check it out. So to have him across the ring was really a. Uh, was really wow. one of those what I call I call them Forrest Gump moments. You ever seen the movie Forrest Gump when he's in places that he doesn't belong? You know, <laughs> yeah. he's with he's with presidents. He's you know at yeah. Woodstock or wherever it might be. So you kind of get that feeling. You're like, wow, I need to pinch myself that I'm actually here. And actually, another one was in El Paso. I did a fight with. Uh, uh, growing up, I was a huge Evander Holyfield fan, and uh, he had a fight with uh, with Luis Alvarez there in El Paso that I did. Yep. Oh, yeah. And it was a, it was a fantastic fight where he he caught Savarese, I believe, in the the final round, and it was just a, a massive shot. So they had those two guys. And recently, I did a, a I got the chance to to do a Pacquiao fight, the Pacquiao Bradley three, which was uh, which was great as well. And there have been some other fights at just some of the locations that we've gone to. As I mentioned to you, we got a chance to do fights in Hong Kong, fights in in Shanghai, Macau, Ireland. So. You know, I'm, I'm a kid that, uh, you know, like like most, uh, you know, most Mexican kids grew up in the inner city didn't have a lot of luxuries. Uh, and, um, you know, when it came time to go on vacation, you you just kind of went to go visit family. You never went to Disney World. You never went to all these fancy places. And I, was, I never got on a plane until I was like 25, 26 years old. And they had the luxury of, you know, flying across the world now. And, you know, I've, I've got over a million and something miles uh, on airlines now. It's really, it's really one of those things that you that you really appreciate once you get things going.
1: And Lupe, wow. for, for, for your shows, do you prepare before it or do you just shoot from the hip when you're in there? Well, I
2: do some preparation. I, I obviously get the information that I need. Uh, there, there's what's called a bout sheet, which has all the data from the, from the fighters, their information. And I like to make it a point, too, before the fights, I get there early and I go into the locker rooms and I talk individually with each fighter. I want to make sure that I'm, one, I'm, that I'm pronouncing their name correctly because, yeah. as I mentioned, they, they are the show. They're the, they're the guys, that people are there to see. And you want to give them their their proper moment, their proper intro. Uh, oftentimes, the the bout sheet will say, they'll say maybe the city where they're training from, but they're really from somewhere else. You know, they may be fighting out of Las Vegas, but the guy is from, you know, Guatavampo, Sonora, and he wants people to know that that's where he's from. So you go up to him and you ask him where he's from, what city, what neighborhood. You know, sometimes it's the little boy from Mexico that they they want to make sure that that it gets mentioned. So because they're yeah. especially now with the internet, you know, uh, with uh, with some of the fights that we do, even though it's not transmitted on TV, they're somewhere in in Sonora and the little ranchito on a, on a on a laptop, and they're watching the fight. And yeah. uh, and you can imagine not how excited really. they get to see their to see their fighter in Las Vegas, and they are their small town mentioned uh on uh on you know whether it be TV or or on a streaming service it gets people really excited and it's their moment and uh, and I go in there and I try to get the correct pronunciations and just to make sure everything's ready um make sure all the I got all the correct sponsors one of the important things too is you know one night you may be on Univision the next night you may be on Thriller so you have to keep track it as well you know you can uh, as soon as the show's over you do just this mental dump of information where you that that's over with. You forget that. Uh, you know, last night it was sponsored by by you know the tonight might be sponsored by Monster Energy Drink. So all that information has to be, you know, placed in the position, you gotta be ready to go.
0: I mean, people really, I mean, don't know what it takes or the behind the scenes to be in the ring announcer, right, Lupe? I mean,
2: well, they- you know, I, it it certainly as my friend says, it's not brain surgery, but it does require us, you know, a certain set of skill that, that uh
1: uh, it's or like a, everything
2: else. you know when you see when you see people who are who are skilled at it, who are professional at it, part of the part of the illusion is to making it look effortless and making it look easy. but uh, but you know it, it's it's a it's a process. it's it's something that you that you you know you you may see me sitting in the ringside, but in my head, I'm going over and over the information. i'm I'm making sure I'm getting it correctly. i'm I'm getting everything in order. And um, and yeah, once um, the hardest part is the fact that there's no redos. Everything is live. Live, so, like you get world. one chance to do it, and, and one chance, and that's it. So um, so even if you if you mess up and you stumble, you have to have the ability to recover and recover quickly. Yeah, of and course. I
1: think, and I think most importantly is the voice because if I was sitting in a room and there's 30 of us, and you said something, I'm sure 30 heads would turn back and say, "Oh shit, that's Lupe Contreras." Well, well,
2: I mean, and- it's one of the it's one of those things too where um, uh, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting because last night, yesterday, as a matter of fact, there's a, there's a house next door to me that's vacant. And um, they had these guys that were they're getting the house ready for sale. And, uh, you know, they're Latino, You you When you watch boxing, you know who your audience is. You know, if you <laughs> go to if you go to a Home Depot or if you go to a flea market, if you go to a construction site, you know, those guys are, are big boxing fans um so the two the guys were all the guys were all latinos working out in the, in the yard and the guy says hey can i can i ask you a quick question i said yeah you know sure i was going out to my car I actually fetch some uh some a big case of water that i had bought at walmart earlier and he says he goes you look a lot like that ring announcer guy he goes are, are you the ring announcer guy and i said i said yeah well actually before he said he started doing the whole the whole boxing thing he goes are you the you know this guy and I said, yeah, you know that that that's who who uh, who I am. And they're always surprised because they're like, yeah, we thought it was you. but We hadn't heard you say anything, or you know, like like you said earlier, they 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 expect you to see to see you in a tuxedo. And if you're not in the tuxedo, mm-hmm. a lot of people perhaps are like, I know that guy from somewhere, but I'm not quite sure where he's from. So um, so you, you get a lot of that. And yeah, once you start talking, um, you know, I, I was going through a drive-through the other day. And the girl goes, she goes, you're, she says, you're a radio guy, aren't you? And I said, well, <laughs> well I used to be. So, uh, so, yeah, so people, people pick up on those types of things.
1: Oh, hey, you know, that two Whataburgers and yeah. I've yeah, exactly. my yeah. Macho.
0: <laughs> yeah, but hey, Lupe, I know you mentioned miles, she's
1: like, you're a radio guy.
0: Yeah, a radio guy. I know you mentioned it's not brain surgery, but you know what? When you're reading off the card, sometimes I see you, you don't even look down on it. You really got to memorize like all the belts, uh, you know, I mean, you, it takes a lot of memorizing the card because I see you and sometimes you don't even look down. I mean, you do a magnificent job, right? It's like you said, it takes a skill set. Yeah,
2: it, it's a skill set. You know, you, you. Uh, as I mentioned to you before, one, when when some announcers are first starting out, one of the biggest mistakes they make is they, they're looking directly at the card and you know, they forget that there's, you know, even though you may be in front of, you know, 10,000 people, there's you know, a million people watching you on camera. So you have to play to that audience. Um, and yeah, it, it's part of it. You have to, you have to, you know, memorize some of those names, um, memorize the sponsors, memorize, you know, everyone that's, that's part of the show. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it, it's a performance. You have to perform. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be, you're on stage. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think often people, uh, one thing that I always get from people is they, they say you're very different outside the ring than you are in the ring, and you know, I think a lot of people sometimes make the mistake they think what you do is who you are, and uh, and they say you seem so serious in the ring. And it's like, well, that's 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 what they that's what they want. That's what they want to see. So you you give them that, uh, but it's a lot like like being a, 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 like playing a role in a, in a play. You know, if you if you're played to play the bad guy, you're, you're just the bad guy in that moment. If you're played to be serious, you're the guy who's 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 serious in that moment, and uh, and that's what you have to deliver to the promoter. and And you're the the most important thing you have to remember is you are the the face of the promotion at that, that particular moment, and it's your responsibility and it's your job to to showcase him in the best light possible.
0: Wow. Hey, uh, hey, Lupe. I got a, a good friend of mine here in El Paso. He does a lot of uh, he does a lot of wrestling. And he's tall. He's a good ring announcer. Uh, and I told him that I was going to have you on my podcast. And he was like, you got to be kidding me. That guy's been my idol. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> he's done a couple of amateur wow. shows. Hopefully, he gets a shot. His name is Aldo Monte. So, and he just wrote to me. And he says, saludos, Lupe. Always enjoy listening to you and all your stories. The best translator ever, my idol. So can you give him a <laughs> shout out there?
2: Yeah, he's <laughs> been there Appreciate those kind words, uh, Aldo. It's it's uh, it's nice to to know that uh, that other people are watching. Sometimes I think my mom's the only one watching the shows. You know, uh, she's she's my most faithful faithful viewer. Uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm glad that uh, that uh, you know. Sometimes you forget. I, I've always looked at it as just a job. You know, this is how this is how I pay the mortgage. This is how I pay my bills. But if you're able to inspire people and and perhaps let them know that maybe this is something I can do as well. You know why not, and uh, and I appreciate the kind words and the support.
0: Hey, Lupe, what's what, what what might be one of the things that people
2: may not know about a ring announcer? What what's one thing uh, about ring announcing in general, or or, or yeah. any in particular? Yeah, yeah, like um, what, I, what? I, think, uh, I think that maybe they think it's a little bit more glamorous than it truly is. Wow. Uh, it, it's really. It's a lot like um, I've always compared to when someone goes to a club. You know, uh, they go to a club and they're having a good time, but the person who works at the club, they you know they they're hustling, they're working. Even though you might be at the same place, you're not having the same experience. You know, yeah, you're you're dancing on the dance floor, but the bartender is working their butt off for you know five six hours. So when the night is over with. You get, a, you know, people are great. They're they're very friendly. They come up to you. They want to invite you places. They want to invite you to go here, go there. And as you mentioned, a lot of it is just mental exercise the entire time. So once the show's over with, man, you're you're beat. You're done. You're tired. You know, even it's though a mental drain. Yeah, you're you just you're just drained. Or especially shows in Vegas. I mean, some of the some of the shows will start at two thirty, and you're there from two thirty till you know ten o'clock at night. And um, and these people are just getting started. They're ready to go to the club. You've got a flight the next day at five o'clock in the morning, so you just want to go, get a shower, pack your stuff, you know, and get ready to go. And um, and I think they, f- they forget it. It's, it's it's a job first and foremost. As, as I mentioned before, it's the way you you make a living. It's the way that uh, that you pay your bills. Uh, and obviously, it's a job that has a lot of perks, a lot of privileges. You get to see a lot of great stuff. But uh, but at the end of the day, that that's exactly what it is. It's it's yeah, your and- it's your it's your job like any other.
0: And then, Lupe, also, did. you mentioned it's a mental drain, but also it's physically uh, exhausting because you got to get in and out of the ring if you do a, a, a you know what I mean? you got to get in and out of the ring, in and out of the ring all the time. So it's also um, uh, it's demanding physically, right?
2: Uh, it has its moments. You know, uh, uh, as I mentioned to you before, we did a show this weekend in, in Los Mochis, and it was... Uh, it was an old-fashioned Mexican arena where there was no AC whatsoever, so it was about oh, man. it was it was about 90 degrees outside. So it was about maybe 105 inside of, of the arena as well. So yeah, that, so that was that was a little bit uncomfortable. It was a little bit taxing physically, but but as I mentioned, it's something that you got to suck it up. And when the camera comes on, whether you're you know you're sw- completely drenched in sweat from your neck down, you you go for it and, and try to give your best ever possible.
0: So I mean, Aldo's watching. So what advice, like Aldo, would you give them? Uh, to any upcoming ring announcer uh, getting started,
2: I think the first the first thing is, is to take as many opportunities as possible. Uh, the The one thing that always that always uh, throws me for a loop when people ask me how to how to get they don't ask me how to get started, they ask me how do I get on HBO, how do I get on ESPN, and they forget that that's that's the payoff of years and years of work. You know, as yeah. I mentioned before, uh, I've been doing this for for twenty years, and there's still two guys that are way ahead of me. You know, you got Michael Buffer, you got Jimmy London. You know, they're they're very well established. They do Showtime, they do the big pay per view fights, and um, and they're the people that that people expect to see in those big showcase moments. So it it's still a long road, even though you even though you're well established, you can make a living at it. There's still always going to be that next step and so the, the thing they should do is just get started uh go out there sometimes you're the first two shows i did i, I did them for free they were just something that they were just for fun um and basically get as many reps out there as possible do as many shows as you can uh try to i think the worst mistake that a lot of guys do is they try to emulate other announcers and yeah. you should try to get you should try to get your own style uh, we all steal from everybody, I mean, we've all been influenced by Michael, we've all been influenced by Jimmy, but at the same time, you don't want to do the exact same thing that they're doing. Because, um, you know, you want to... As I said, no one's ever become famous becoming a, a Michael Jackson impersonator. Or no one's become famous being an Elvis impersonator. They all think of... They think of Elvis, they think of Michael Jackson, they yeah. don't think of the guy doing the impersonations. So just build your own yeah. style, get, get as many gigs as you possibly can, And, uh, and you never know, you know, contact, contact promoters, contact uh, some of the regional shows that are going on some of the amateur shows, but I think a lot of guys want to skip, they want to skip steps, they want to get to ESPN, they want to get to HBO. And, you know, that's like almost like being a boxer and, you know, having one fight, and you already want to be fighting, you know, Lomachenko, you want to be fighting, you know, uh, some of the top guys out there, it just doesn't work that way.
1: I tell my fighters that. All the time, they, I watch him in the ring, shadow box, and I say, there's already a Mayweather. Be yourself. There's already one Mayweather. You don't have to. Yeah,
2: exactly. You know, exactly. In your own and style. Also, remember that, that Mayweather can do certain things that you can't because he has the exactly. speed. He has the skill. He it. hung uh, it. It's just something that, that comes along with time. It comes along with uh, with knowing yourself. And you got to be honest with yourself, too. There's. You know, there's only a handful of guys who can do it, who do it professionally. There's a lot of guys who do ring announcing part time, and you have to be honest with yourself as far as how far can I take this? How far am I willing to go? Uh, as I mentioned to you, people people will just see you know you doing the Vegas shows. They'll see you doing you know the the Madison Square Garden shows, but they don't see the shows that you did. You know, in a in in Los Mochis, they don't see the shows that you did in you know Del Rio, Texas, or Beaumont, or yeah. Some of the smaller the small towns. There's a lot of the shows yeah. that that you have to do. A lot of the shows where, you know, there was nobody there. Uh, so it's a it's it's a process. And there's a lot of there's a lot of flights. There's a lot of uh, you know. I mean, I've slept a at airports. You know, I've been stuck. Uh, you know, in different places that I didn't want to be. And and that's the hard part. That's the hard part of this job. Is also. You know, keep in mind one thing that people don't keep in mind is the fact that you know boxing matches take place on Fridays. They take place on Saturday. That's also a time when people have quinceaneras, people have birthday parties, people have weddings. And guess who's the person missing from all those events? It's you. It. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's not it's not it's not a job where you can call in sick. It's not a job where you can say, "Hey, uh, you know, my my cousin Lourdes is having a wedding this weekend. I'm gonna take uh, the day off." Uh, and go to the wedding because there's, you know, they're, they're, that opportunity may not come again or or they they need you to be there. They, they don't have the confidence to say, OK, well, who are we going to use? You know, one, one of the reasons that you see that one of the reasons that you see the same guys over and over again on the shows is that people know that they can count on you. They know that you're not going to mess it up. They know that you're not going to be a diva. They know that when the the camera light goes on and you get the cue and you get that one shot and one shot only that you're going to get it right and that's wow. why you see these people over and over again one of the biggest compliments that i that i i feel i get is when i when my producer comes from out of the truck and they say oh it's lupe i got nothing to worry about you know and that's uh that's why that's why you're there you know you he doesn't have to go over with you okay i need you to be um uh, I need you to be quick. I need you to when I say this, you got like thirty seconds. There's uh, there's some announcers that have gone on some shows, and they think the show is about them and it's not about you. You know, you're just you're just there. You're just a little a little snippet of what's going on. So you got to be quick. You got to be concise with your with your statements. If they want a quick decision, you give them a quick decision. And like I said, uh, when the producer sees you and they know that they can count on you to get it right and get it done the way he wants it. They're going to call you back over and over again.
0: What great advice, Coupe. You know, in, in, in the past, I think in the last four years or five, we've seen, or less, I've seen more ring announcers uh, that I had never seen before. I mean, they're coming out. I mean, the zone, uh, I mean, the zone has just exploded worldwide because of the streaming, and I think I've seen uh, more announcers. Am I correct? There's more more people out there that I've seen that I can't even tell you their names, but there's more people out there. We usually just see two or three. Now there's more people out in the market, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities for people out there. You know, uh, every show is different. There's shows where, you know, every promoter has their guy. They've got guys that they've been mm-hmm. working with for years. Or a lot of times the show who they hire is determined by the budget of the show. There's certain shows that they have smaller budgets. So they'll go with a different promoter or, I mean, with a different announcer. Um, there are some shows where, like I said, everybody else was busy, so they they had to go with a with a guy that uh, the backup quarterback perhaps was available. Yeah, like I said, you know, and <laughs> I mean, that's not a put that that's not that's not a, that's not a anyone. It's just like I mean, I've been in that position as well. When you know Michael has been in, in Europe doing a show, they'll be like, "Hey, Lupa, you're going to be doing the the HBO show this week." Damn, so it's just it's awesome. just part of, it's just part of the business, you know. And that's happened with a lot of people where, you know, either either you know, the, their budgets are smaller, so they had to go with someone that, that fit the budget. Or maybe the person was just not available, and they had to find a, a guy that they could put in that position. But, yeah, there's there's wow. tons of opportunities out there. And, um, and yeah, you just got to be ready to go when that call comes.
0: Well, Lube, I know you got a, a plane to catch tomorrow, and, and we don't want to keep more of your time. It's been a pleasure to have you. But, you know what, folks? We're on the Web Boxing Podcast 101 with uh, professional ring announcer La Voz del Box, Lupe Contreras, folks. That's right. He's at the Web Boxing 101 podcast, and we are ready to play rapid fire with Lupe. Lupe, are some rapid questions. you ready to play rapid fire with us?
2: I'm ready. All
0: right, Lupe. Uh, number one, favorite. I, this is going to be easy. I think you told us. Favorite Mexican boxer of all time.
2: Favorite Mexican boxer of all time. But mine was Eric Morales.
0: Oh, shit. Eric Morales. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be here in town this week. Uh, oh, is he's the trainer right. of Jaime Mungia. Oh, that's right. He will be there. Yeah. I,
2: I believe so. Do you prefer the handheld
0: mic or the air mic that comes down from the oh, ceiling? Oh,
2: the, han- the handheld mic. The, the air mic looks great, but it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Why? It's a Why? it's a pain in the butt. You it, it, first of all, and there, so the guy always forgets to bring it down, or he always forgets to bring it up, and then you got you got to hold it here, and then you got to hold it at a weird angle. that The handheld might be better.
0: Yeah, but you're right, huh? Jimmy Lennon Senior was a master of that. And he used to come down, yeah. right? That was awesome. But right. yeah, it, it looks it, good. Look,
2: it looks great. It looks great in pictures, but it's terrible. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, uh, tuxedo or suit?
2: Uh tuxedo. Wow. Bow tie or tie? Uh the bow tie. Bow tie. A few years ago, I learned how to tie the bow myself, and you gotta have <laughs> the bow tie yourself. It can't be clip-on. You what? know why? You gotta, you've gotta tie it yourself. It looks more, it looks much nicer. It looks more, more original, and you uh, tell, and yeah. you gotta put some effort into it. Yeah, I, I spent probably about twenty minutes on the YouTube video learning how to <laughs> do it, and now now <laughs> I. Can. Hell yeah, man! Hey, Lupe. Um, What's your favorite
0: color of, tux- of suit or tuxedo you've worn?
2: You know what? There was one tuxedo that uh, I have two. There was one tuxedo that the show happened to land on Halloween. And I, w- I found a tuxedo jacket with a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns all over it. And I oh, was like, if I, can't, if I can't wear this tonight, when am I possibly going to wear this? Right? Right. Uh, so I, I put it on, and it, and, and it was one of the most fun, fun nights I had in, the, in that particular tuxedo. And I have nuts. another one, which which um, I found by accident. And we do a lot of shows, you know, as you mentioned, on, on we'll do them on Veterans Day. We'll do them on military basis. So it's a tuxedo that has, like, a very subtle camouflage pattern on it that if, if you look at it straight on, it looks black. But if you turn sideways, you'll see the camo pattern. And uh, it always catches people by surprise. And I wore that one at West Point that we did on the uh, on the Ring City USA show. And nobody's like, "Oh man, that's camo," you know. But they wouldn't see it right away. They had it just nice. kind of snuck up on you. So those are probably the two favorite ones I've got. And, and, and talking about
0: having your own personality, your own style—that's awesome, uh, Lupe, If you can change one thing about boxing, pro
2: boxing, what would it be? I think I would like to see you. You have two two parts of pro boxing. You have the pro the sport, which I think the sport is great. And then you have the business of boxing, which is very different. Um, I understand why why it exists the way it is, you know, and, and you know, I've benefited a lot from the business of boxing, but uh, I would like to see perhaps promoters work a little bit better, closer together, not have as many rivalries. You always have that, that line, you know, the other side of the street, this promoter's with that promoter. Uh, and I think if, if you put somebody's shows together, make these big fights, everybody makes money and everybody's happy.
0: Wow. Best television network
2: for boxing. Uh, best television network for boxing. That's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> a- you know what? Some of my favorite memories was was doing the the Univision shows on Toro Boxing when it would air like at twelve o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays. We used to have massive ratings on the shows. Uh, yeah, it was basically it was basically when people would wake up on Sunday, there was nothing else going on. There was the only live sporting event. And uh, and it was like you know boxing for breakfast, so to speak. And uh, those memories were really great to be on there. But it, but there was nothing quite also like doing an HBO show. You know, when you did HBO, you knew that you were one. It was going to be a great fight. You know, it was always going to be a great location. And and just to do it, I feel very fortunate to have had a chance to work on HBO because that was at the time that was like the gold standard for boxing.
0: Yeah,
2: it was H, and but weren't you sad to see it leave, Lupe? I was. You know, I was sad yeah. to see it leave, but also uh towards the end the, the quality of fights were not H quality fights anymore. So yeah, you're right. it was uh it was one of those things where you know the quality of the fights had dropped quite a bit and, and it's like everything else. Everything everything has its era and, and everything runs in force and, and when it's time to go you gotta let it go.
0: Wow, what is the difference between ring announcing, announcing boxing, as opposed to cage fighting or MMA or UFC?
2: In in uh, in MMA, you have to be a little bit more animated. They expect you to be a little bit, you know, more enthusiastic about it. Um, hmm. Also, I think that the, uh, the audience is a little less in, They're a little less engaged in in the in the the announcer than they are in boxing. I think in boxing, they've learned that the intro is part of the show. Yeah. Uh, I think in, in MMA, sometimes they just want you to shut up and watch somebody get knocked out. Is, do, <laughs> you know,
0: maybe you think it's like it's kind of enclosed, not like in a cage. And in boxing, you're out there with the crowd more, I guess. I don't know.
2: You're out there with the crowd, and, and I think the crowd has been conditioned to – the. you know, boxing fans have been conditioned to wait for the main event. You know, when the main event comes around – they realize it's a big moment, um, and I think in in, in MMA uh, every fight is an individual fight. Like the, they sell you the whole card together, you know. The people are just as interested in the first fight as they are in the last fight. So I think they 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 they, um, they have a, a shorter attention span too. They want action, 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 and they want you to get in and out as quick as possible.
0: Um, favorite boxing commentator.
2: Favorite boxing commentator? Um, that's a good one. Uh, you gotta love Jim Lampley. You know Jim Lampley is is, is exactly. fantastic at what he does. He's back. We're, he was supposed to be back with us on 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 Triller this upcoming Saturday, Triller. but obviously the show's not happening. Um, who else is good? Uh, Brian Kenny is fantastic as well. I like Brian Kenny. Uh, Brian Kenny is a true pro. And, and there's a lot of guys out there. There's guys. A lot that, of them, uh, of course. You,
0: you know, obviously, I have a, a real.
2: Uh, real great memories of, of the solo book cell crew. You had you know, Cardo Celis and Bernardo Sunez, who's now on ESPN as well. Oh yeah! And those guys had uh, they had a great chemistry when they would do the show. It was kind of it always reminded me of, of two of two friends watching a boxing match and just kind of commentating as they were going along. And um, I would like to see that style implemented again somewhere, somewhere.
0: Last but not least, the question on rapid fire with Lupe Contreras on Web Boxing Podcast One Hundred and One. What is one thing about you that people don't know?
2: Uh, that I'm really boring. I'm a really boring guy. I'm a really boring guy. <laughs> really really boring look, guy I, I don't I'm believe boring, you, man. man. No, I really am. You know, I, I enjoy being at home. I enjoy, I don't like going out too much. You know, I uh, I don't like crowds. You know, people always freak out about that. I don't like crowds. Right. I don't. Yeah. I, and, and let me explain it to you this way. There's a big difference between being in front of a crowd and being in the middle of a crowd. Yeah. Um, my worst nightmare is some people's fantasies were like, you, you, you ever seen those people that they're, they're right at the front of a concert, there's like 50,000 people behind them, they're getting crushed mm-hmm. up against the stage yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they seem to be loving it. And to me, it's like, oh man, that, that, would, just, that would just give me a panic attack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't like crowds a lot. Uh, I'm very boring. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not an exciting guy. You know they. Uh, you know they. They picture you hanging out with the ring card girls and this and that. And I'm at home with my dog, man, just hanging out. So, well, oh so I dog. think that's probably, the, probably the, I do have a dog. He's not here right now since I'm traveling. He's with my parents. Um, they they watch him. Uh, but uh, yeah. So that that's uh, all right, Lupe. That's probably it. I'm a boring guy. Well, my friend,
0: I I, I can't I call you my friend. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank, thank you so man. much, yeah.
2: I appreciate uh, the time and thank you for the invitation, man. I hope I hope uh, your watchers enjoyed the conversation.
0: You got it, man. Can you just say a shout out to the Web Nation, please? Just hello
2: yeah. to everybody from. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, you guys. Uh, as I've always said, this this sport would not exist for the boxing fans. I think boxing fans are some of the most dedicated people in all the sports. I've often said that, you know, the NFL has an entire network to itself. MLB has an entire network to itself. Even when there's no games going on, there's a network for those sports. And as a boxing fan, you have to work to be a boxing fan. You have to look up where, where the fight's happening, when it's happening, what channel it's going to be on. True. And people always seem to find a way to do that. And that takes dedication. That takes devotion. And and uh, as part of the sport, I appreciate the effort that people, that people put into it.
0: Well, I mean, Herman, any last words for Lupe?
1: No I was just I was just going to comment on uh, he said you know Raul Marquez and uh, he was at my fight when I fought at the Astrodome back in I'm looking at my poster April 20th I think it was oof it's been so long but he was sitting ringside when I was fighting uh, Ricky Action Jackson and he would I looked down at him and I'd be like what round is it like and he just kept going you know go go but, yeah I remember <laughs> Raul Marquez for that Great fight. I'll, I'll
2: tell him he said hello. Man. He's a he's a guy that there there's some fights here in Houston this weekend. There's Charlo Montiel on Showtime. That's right. And uh, and he'll be calling those fights on this on the Spanish uh end of of Showtime. And That's right. uh, and his am sure he'll his be, son He remembers he he all the fought. fights. He has a, he has a fantastic memory of. He knows exactly who fought when, where they fought. He knows all his opponents. He knows all the shows, and uh, he has some great stories as well.
1: Yeah, I fought on. It was on Telemundo. I remember that. And Raul Márquez, I always remember him. And his son fought here in El Paso. Yeah, amateur he did, yeah. Boxing. Arturo, yeah. Arturo, yeah. yeah he fought, good well. good he fought, fighter. Uh,
2: he fought pro as well. He fought a, a show. Oh, really? Don I, Haskins. I, yeah. He fought there as
1: well. Good, good fighter.
2: Oh, so, Lupe, we're going to
0: send you that picture, if you don't mind. Um, we'll send you the picture right. where Herman's at and the color guard uh, representing yeah, our, our Email it to me. Here. That
2: I would. I would love to see that. You got it, Lupe. Well, man, Lupe,
0: it's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, you know what, I mean, in all honesty, have a uh, have a great evening. Safe travels, my friend, and we hope to see you soon on TV so I can say I talked to that guy, kind of know that guy up there. <laughs> Lupe, God bless you, my friend, and uh, anything you do, put God first, man. I I really appreciate it from yeah. the bottom of my heart. You have a home here, my friend. Whenever you come to El Paso, mi casa, is su casa, my friend. Really, man, from the bottom Thank of you. my heart.
2: Thank you very much, and, and uh, you know, for anybody watching they can tune in, Friday night on Univision at midnight. It's Combate Global, Latino MMA. And your friend Lupe will be in the center of the cage. So check it out. Thank oh, you, yeah. Lupe. All right.
0: Thank yeah. you, you Lupe. Have you. a great God bless you. Have a great
1: weekend. Thank you. What a great guy, huh, Herman? Oh, that guy's awesome. I gotta get a voice like that. Man,
0: that guy would probably get like goes to the drive for free anything.
1: Oh yeah, well go to the club and hey what's up baby. I recall him a right. man macha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, nice guy, guy man. man. Nice guy. Nice guy. Very nice guy. Really appreciate talking to the guy. Uh, Herman, we got a lot of fights coming up before we dismiss you guys. I know it's fight week in El Paso. You're going to be ringside, Herman. Jaime Murilla versus Sermetta. 12 round for the middleweight. Taking and, some it, shots, man. Right? And you know, let me tell you something. There's going to be a title fight. Yvette Zamora. Versus Marlene Esparza. That's going to be for the WBC Women's Lightweight. So the WBC is going to be in the house. So that's going to be pretty cool to watch as well. I will be there as well. Uh, also, big fight weekend all over the place. Uh, Jalisco, Julius Chavez Jr. versus Anderson Silva, about that circus from Cruiserweight. And then we got Senior versus Camacho Jr. That's a middleweight exhibition. Then the other son will fight Omar Chavez versus Ramon Alvarez. I believe that's Canelos. Brother? I, I mean, fuck, I don't know. But then there's also, ass? then there's also a good fight in Houston. He mentioned, Lupe mentioned it. It's the Showtime, Jamal Charlo versus Juan Macias Montiel. It's a 12-rounder. That's going to be for Charlo's WBC middleweight title. Then we have a low, kind of a local guy, Angelo Leo versus Aaron Alameda. Uh, that's going to be a 10-rounder, junior featherweight. So we have lots of fights this weekend. It's fight week in El Paso. I'm excited to be at the fights this weekend. It's Father's Day weekend. It's my birthday weekend. Uh, what better way to spend it with family and friends watching the fights? So it's going to be a great, great weekend for fighting, uh, Herman. Just uh, and I just wanted to just to touch up on something before we uh, we let go. We got some new gyms coming up. We got a lot of stuff going on here coming up after the pandemic. June 26th, we have an amateur show at the Sheriff's Training Academy. The LBC is throwing that show, um, and I want to ask you a question, Herman. Oh, what man. makes a coach?
1: Uh, I guess what makes a coach is the kids, the way you interact with them, what you teach them. That's what makes a coach. It's not about being a friend with them. Uh, I don't need – I got plenty of friends. Like, I can hold in one hand, I could count the number of friends. So when kids want to hang out with you and stuff like that, that's not what – I'm here to coach you. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's thank what coaching, you, Andre, That's what coaching Andre, is Andre. about.
0: Jaime Palazzo says thank you and happy birthday to myself. But, you know, why? the reason why I ask is because, you know what, I'm kind of tired of people walking around gyms and stealing fighters. You know, uh, I know a lot of, I mean, people have called me, man, what are these guys, that, you know, these guys that seem to be coaches and they, and I'm going to say they walk around every gym and they and they infiltrate these kids' minds and they want everybody already built, you know, because I, you, myself, and there's a lot of people out there that man, they built these kids from the ground up for these sharks, people to come in here and just steal them away from you. Yes, it's a matter of acceptability and responsibility and accountability on the part of the parents of the kids. But you know what, man? Shame on those people that are around doing this stuff. I just wanted to bring that up that, you know what? Boxing is bad already. And it's, it's, it's tough already for the kids, for the gym, for business owner. Uh, something's been referred as cutthroat in the boxing promoter business. But you know what? It happens in these small gyms. But people come in, man, and they just brainwash these kids. And I had to just bring that out, man. Uh, yeah, and, you just, got... and I just want to say, uh, and again, to the gyms, like the gyms that are up up and coming, just be careful, guys. You know what? Uh, take care of your fighters. But if they don't want to be there, they don't want to be there, man. Just take care of your fighters, guys. And the Warriors Edge is always here to support anybody. And, and we're loyal, man. You don't have to
1: worry about us. And you got to watch out for the freeloaders that pat you on the back and say, yeah, buddy, this and that. But then they go talk shit about you. So... We got plenty of those around here sometimes. All so. right.
0: Well, Herman, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you this week at the fights.
1: You got a treat, but I'll, I'll be there in the gym in the morning.
0: All right, folks, this has been our podcast. It's been a great pleasure to have you on board. Everybody that tuned in. What a great guy, man. So, I mean, guys, I got a surprise for my next guest. I mean, we had Tony Weeks now. We had Isidro Castillo. Now we have Lupe Contreras. We got some big guests coming up, folks. So, And I do apologize for that technical difficulty. But hey folks, stay strong, man. And for all the fathers, happy Father's Day this weekend. Take care of yourself, man. And uh, have a great, great evening. This has been the podcast. Herman. Wanna say happy. Happy Father's Day, Herman. Yeah, thanks, big guy.